0: Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Skylar Reeves, the founder and CEO of content marketing agency Ardent Growth. Now, this is a fascinating chat about topic clustering and how you can use it with your content strategy. Thanks for downloading. This is a really interesting chat um, with Skylar Reeves, the founder and CEO of content marketing agency Ardent Growth. Now, we're talking about how to group content into topics, which is proving to be a really good ranking strategy with Google. Uh, Skylar offers up lots of advice on how to plan and research and group and link the content together, and it's a must-listen for any content writer or strategist. Now, you can find Skylar at ardentgrowth.com. That's ardentgrowth.com. Also on LinkedIn as well. Check out the links in the show notes. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is totally ad-free. I'd love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media. Subscribe via your favourite podcast app. You can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Skyler was to explain what topic clustering is.
1: If I had to simplify it, it would be... There's this notion that certain groups of topics need to be grouped together. Right. So, you know, when you have a um, something like content strategy, right, something like how to plan a content strategy, um, you know, what are the tactics around content strategy, what's a content strategist, how much do content strategists get paid, these topics all have this similar core component, which is content strategy. Sure. So... Whenever you take uh, a lot of topics and group them together and create individual pieces of content about them, that's what forms um, a cluster of around this topic. We
0: don't think an awful lot about. Sort of grouping our content together, do we? I think um, I think maybe maybe not so many agencies and marketers think about it. So, so 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 we would always look at our content as being almost standalone and not grouping it together. Would that be true? I
1: th- I think it depends. I think um, mm. I think HubSpot influenced things a lot whenever yeah. you know they first started talking about things, and you know a lot of people went down uh, the route of the hub and spoke model, and you know trying to build topic clusters. But it's not uncommon. I don't think for people to just kind of grab a keyword and say yeah. we're going to create content about this and and publish it.
0: Can it work for kind of any type of business? E-commerce, service industry, big businesses, small business. I mean, could your little accountant uh, look, look at this sort of strategy?
1: Yeah, definitely. I've I've yet to find an industry that it doesn't work well for. Um, it works extremely well for e-commerce. You can apply it both to uh, you know. Both blog content and um, to your actual product and collection pages, um, it works for nearly every service industry because you've always got questions that people are going to have about the service um, that you can address and break out into individual topics. And you know, of course, the the more niche you are, the less uh, the smaller that your clusters mm. uh, would be because it it ultimately maps to whatever your you know. Whatever your target market is, whatever your total serviceable market is, and ultimately whatever your total addressable market is. So it really just depends on the size of your market on on how expansive that you can get with them.
0: Sure. So, so when you're looking at a, at a topic in general, would I be right in saying that we would have kind of like – um uh, sort of what we would call sort of like broad searches broad, broad keywords at the top and then we would connect into that with more niche phrases and words would that be right how it works yeah so we
1: like to we like to think of them as like these seed terms right these mm. these core um you know elements that uh, would exist across every topic so at the broad level you might have um something that's very general that if you search for it on um on Google. And that's really where these apply the best is when you're thinking about it from a the perspective of search engine optimization. But yeah. when you go to search for a broad term on Google, say something like hockey, yeah, you're going to get a variety of different types of content back because Google's not really entirely sure what you want whenever you just search for a term like hockey. Do you want scores? Do you want yeah. uh, the history of hockey? Do you want uh, places to play hockey? Right. And so they'll give you this this broad set of varied results uh, back at the high level. But as you work your way down when people are asking more specific questions, that's where you know you start to get these branches from these topics and they they align with what that person's wanting. what's what's their problem to be solved? What type of information are they hoping to to learn? that sort of thing.
0: And would I be right in saying that the kind of search intent plays into this as well a little bit? How would that work?
1: Oh yeah one hundred percent. I mean, you know, there's, it's, it's search intent that applies to, you know, not only what are they wanting, but how do they want it? Yeah. So, you know, if you have, you can't force a product page, for example, to rank for a term when people are looking for a comparison page or um, a page where they get to learn, uh, where they're wanting to learn more about uh, that particular, you know, activity, let's say it's canoeing or something, you know, you can't force a, a canoe product page to rank when someone's wanting to learn where they can go yeah. canoe. So, yeah, definitely search intent plays a role um, in terms of what you're actually, uh, the actual like format of the content, but also how you're delivering it.
0: Uh, and what about formats as well? Does formats play into this? Because, I mean, I suppose uh, it would be easier in some ways, if you will, sort of like, I want to learn how to canoe, for example. A video might be better than a whole load of text.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, you can see that a lot of times whenever you look at, the easiest way to do it is just search for that topic on Google, search for that, uh, that term, and look to see what types of results are ranking above the fold, what types of results are Google, is Google returning to you? Are they returning to you videos? Are they returning to you news? Are they returning to you um, image carousels, a bunch of things from Pinterest, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, think about that when you go to create your content, because you know, if you're trying to create long-form blog-style content when the search results are dominated by Pinterest images, you'd probably be better off to actually go creating a Pinterest board <laughs> and yeah. pinning a lot of images that drive people back to your uh, to your product or pages or something like that instead.
0: Yeah. So, so when we're kind of trying to develop our content strategy – um, and we're thinking about intent, we're thinking about the different formats and the different things. There's a lot of thinking going on and there's a lot of kind of like humans looking at it. Like I just said to you, right, if we're learning how to canoe, the best way to do that would be through a video, right? How do we actually kind of prove that that would be the right format or prove that this is the right intent, the right key phrase? Is there a way to do that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's um, – uh, like I said, at, at, a, at the simplest level, it really is just a matter of going and looking at Google – Sure. Um, and that works. That works in the micro case, um, but when you're trying to form a strategy, you can't operate at the you know the tactical sort of mission level. You have to look at the broad picture. So, you have to first think about one the you know your business and your business mm-hmm. model. How does your business make money, right? Sure. And then go and find the topics that the intent of what users want align. With what you're able to deliver that also align with your business with your business goals, because you can't you can't fight search intent. Um, it's a, it's an uphill battle. It's a waste of time. True. Uh, just like in sales, you know, you'd rather spend more time talking to the uh, people who are already a good fit, right? Because it shortens the the sales cycle. The same thing happens with content. So at the micro level, it's a matter of looking at that keyword and saying, okay, uh, there's there's really two things to think about. One, what type of content are they? showing um, predominantly on the search results. Like I said, is it blog content or is it, um, are they showing uh, product pages, collection pages, video results, news, tweets, things like that. But in addition to that, whenever you're looking at your, the, the full array of things that you could rank for, you have to compare them between one another and so this is where things get tricky and get a bit more complex. If you're trying to figure out whether or not two topics Uh, two questions, for example, should be addressed on the same page or separate pages, Mm. what you have to do is you have to look at the search results side by side and look to see how much overlap of the exact same uh, web pages, like the same URLs, are ranking. If you see that there's a a large overlap, say 40% or more, um, like so 4 out of the 10 uh, organic search results are the same, then that's a pretty uh, clear indicator that you can just use one page to address both of those topics and so then you can aggregate the amount of traffic that comes to each into one page instead of splitting it off into two but the inverse is true as well where if you see that they're you know drastically different yeah. um, that's a that's that's a case for creating two separate pages so that you're not mixing intents you'll have it'll make it easier to rank for each and so that you don't end up cannibalizing one over the other where you know they end up competing with one another, and neither wins
0: yeah am I'm i I'm right in am I kind of right in saying that that we don't want to kind of like confuse google i suppose in a way
1: yeah yeah i mean ultimately ultimately googles you know google's got some pretty advanced tech right they yeah. they're they're very very good at figuring out what people want what their intent is, and so uh you're better off just not fighting that and just letting it inform you the direction that you need to go and uh like I said, you can do a comparison side by side um that's, uh, that's a very manual process. Uh, you know, typically when we're looking at an industry, uh, they may think that it's small, but mm-hmm. um, it's not uncommon for us to find anywhere between 50,000 to a quarter million different topics that they could rank for in their, <laughs> in their TAM. And yeah. so, you know, you can imagine manually comparing all of these would be yeah. a uh, uh, just a time intensive and uh, not really a feasible process, so... Uh, we take an algorithmic approach, but uh, but if you want to do it at the micro level, it would be just comparing them side by side.
0: Yeah, I think this is one thing that I do hear from a lot of marketers is this fact that once you start researching and you start looking at things like intent and stuff, you end up going down rabbit holes that are, are, are quite confusing to do this manually. How would we do it automatically?
1: So there's a few options out there that uh, that can help you speed up this process. If you were to do keyword research using a tool like HRS or a tool like Simrush, um, mm-hmm. those are some of the more popular ones. Uh, you can feed that data into a tool like uh, Keyword Insights. That's um, uh, that's run by uh, uh, two folks that I know that uh, I respect a lot, Andy and uh, Saganthan. Um We developed our own process internally to do it, um, mainly because this was a problem that we faced, and uh, we wanted to be able to solve it and get the answers that we wanted more quickly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because we wanted to be able to tie things like What's the revenue? What's the forecasting value of this? Um, you know, calculating intent at scale, um, looking at competitor overlap across all of it so we can identify weaknesses or strengths in the market. Um, so we, we built a way to do it algorithmically um, uh, with Python. Uh, but there are, again, there are a few other tools out there that can at least cluster things together for you. They don't give you the full like, market analysis, but they can give you a, a good idea of, of how to group things together, which takes a lot of the, the labor, um, reduces that uh, dramatically.
0: Yeah, and and it also it, I, presumably when you're working from from data, uh, you've got a better chance of getting it right rather than people thinking that it's the right thing to do.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's um, it's anytime you introduce humans into into the equation, right? There's, there's, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna increase the the uh, the margin of error. So yeah. um, not only does it are you gonna increase error in the in the fact that. Even even if they're doing a direct one-to-one comparison, they're looking at the actual URLs. There's there's the chance that they're gonna miss a few or get confused or make you know uh, not quite put the overlap correctly. But not only that, um, given the sheer amount of time that it takes, like these things evolve over time too. The intent of a keyword could change between two quarters, and you know you can imagine if you're trying to cluster together a quarter million keywords, like it's gonna take. That'll take six yeah. months. And yeah. so then what you, you know, it's it's not feasible because then you're, you know, you got to think about opportunity cost, right? Sure. Like, yeah. you know, uh, the time it took to do that versus, you know. You could have been creating content in that time, yes. you know, and actually been moving moving things
0: forward. So. so, so if we've 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 worked out our topics, we've 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 dealt with intent, we've dealt with with everything. We understand what we've got to write basically, and what we've got to create, and we create mm-hmm. this beautiful content and everything. How do we actually get this stuff to rank? I mean, I mean, a, a backlink's still important. Do we still have to go out and do all the media research on this as well? Yeah, you know, I think
1: it's. We've seen it vary. I think per industry, we've we've been able to consistently rank things without backlinks um, in very competitive niches like health and and finance. Um, that being said, there, are, you know, they still certainly help. We've uh, uh, I'm not ready to hang up uh, hang up everything on them just yet, but I think that's a lot of the old tactics that people used. Yeah. Um, we've all been spammed, I think, plenty of times with <laughs> you know uh, yeah. with outreach uh, emails. But uh, I think the the best way to approach you know acquiring links is to think about it um with what the what the actual goal is in mind. The goal is to ultimately drive people to the website right sure. so it's think about the topic that you're about to create and come up with an angle for it that could be either uh could either gain traction on a distribution channel so we like to think about the distribution channel in advance um you're far better off doing that versus um you know trying to force it uh into a distribution channel after the fact but think about the distribution um, in advance and think about the angle in advance and think about what would uh let's say if you're if you're going for a pr play or something like that Mm -hmm. what would their audience like to read such that the journalist or the reporter um would want to write about it because you know that that serves their goals as well so you can do that with a lot of content you just got to come up with a unique angle that's uh, uh it, it, it makes it easier to get press and it makes it a lot harder for anyone else to, you know, to, to try to copy you. So,
0: Yeah. Do, do you think the days of just folks going out there trying to find links just for the sake of links and the for, for the sake of Google, do you think they're gone pretty much now?
1: I mean, there's a lot of people still doing it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know if it's a... Um, I don't know if it's a if it really still works the way that people think mm. that it does. Like we've built tools internally to help us analyze, uh, you know, uh, links at scale as well. But again, based on the on the data that we've seen, uh, we've been able to do if we've been able to do so much just by having high quality content that really meets the intent and segmenting it in such a way, um, you know, using that topic cluster model that it drives the overall relevancy of the site up. Our approach that that works fantastic for us is. We say uh, when we model things out, we can not only see, um, you know, where new content opportunities are, but we can also see how they relate to other opportunities that you're already ranking very, um, very well for. And so it creates this natural path to bridge these topics together. And since you've already, since Google's already ranking you for a very similar topic, you know, this natural progression, mm-hmm. it's it's much easier and much faster to rank because you're just following it's like reading uh you know a book right it goes yeah. in this nice sequential order it's 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 a sensible um, a sensible flow but uh, but that being said I mean I, there's still a lot of people out there building links that way we're a fan of taking a business development approach um, yeah actually building relationships with people and uh, you know always approaching it from the mindset of how can I make that person money <laughs> you know and yeah, yeah. Uh, if you can figure out a way to make them money uh, you know they'll often reciprocate in some way whether that's Uh, You know, whether that's through a link or whether that's through cross-collaboration or these long-standing or these long-lasting sort of, um, you know, uh, business partnerships that you can develop that ultimately make each of you way more, you know, returned than a simple backlink would.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, the the kind of attitude I kind of of has is to say to folks – if you get a link from this particular website, for example, will that drive you any targeted traffic whatsoever exactly. or not? And if the answer is no, then there's just no point in it, is
1: there? No, 100%. I think that's uh, – if it's driving traffic, that's what you want. I mean, even if it's um, even if it's during a short uh, spike, right? I mean, it yeah. doesn't have to drive you – if you can get a link from a website that will drive you continuous traffic over time. Let's say, for example, you're a, you sell a product, you sell a service, and somebody's got a review website out there that's, uh, uh, say, a blog where they're actually comparing them. You know, instead of trying to rank for that, why don't you go pitch them and uh, you know make a good case for your product, help them uh, put it up there, offer an affiliate um, you know um, exchange, and get them to review your product and include you on their list, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's a far faster way to get to it, and it's it benefits from coming from a third party, especially if they do you know give you a like a legitimate, honest review, and it's not just kind of a, a pay for play.
0: Yeah. Well, what happens if our company deals with two, let's say, reasonably different types of topics, com- or maybe even completely different types of topics, but within, underneath the same brand on the same website? Is that then down to internal linking about how we group it all together?
1: Yep. That's exactly where. Um, so it, it's interesting because you've got, it, at its core, topics eventually reach this point where they are unique, but you. But they may see similar uh, from the outset. So uh, we had a company we were working with that sells probiotics and they sell prebiotics, right. um, and you know they're they're similar, but they're they're very different yeah. uh, products with very different sort of questions and and um, uh, use cases around them. And so it's a matter of creating these content hubs right around that core term, create your cluster around it, and what we've actually recommended people do, it depends on really where they're starting at. If they already have a lot of content. It's just a matter of cleaning up the links, siloing them out so that they're, um, you know, uh, segmented uh, fairly well. But uh, but even then, um, what we found is that you'll still often find uh, some sort of overlap between the two topics where they have something to do with one another. So, for example, there was an article about prebiotics versus probiotics. That makes a, a, a perfect... Uh, bridge topic mm. to to begin to bridge them together so that you're ultimately developing you know even more topical authority around both subjects um, because they are somewhat related. Now, if they're very different types of services, um, it's 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 much harder to do that and you may not need to. So that's just um, that's just a matter of having really tightly defined content silos, um, good user you know navigation, making sure that people aren't distracted. When yeah. they come to the site by the other types of things that you may, um, you know, offer on your site, things like that. And I think the Spruce was a good example of this where they, over time, they split things out into, like, the Spruce pets and, uh, you know, different – they broke them out into entirely separate domains. But uh, but HubSpot, you know, they've got sales and marketing, yet they both live underneath the blog. And um, they're somewhat yeah. similar, right? But they are – they, they have two very different audiences. Um, but there's still some overlap. And so – uh the way they've modeled things is is a is a pretty good uh, archetype
0: so would you would you kind of like say that if if topic x would not link to topic y it would only link to the things within topic x would you would you go to that extent
1: yeah for the most part um the so in and the way the way we've kind of uh, solved for this So I'll put it like this. At a simple level, yes, that's the safest route to go. Mm -hmm. Um, If there are some internal linkings, like, look, it's not going to kill anything. It's not going to just destroy you. Um, You wouldn't want to have – we see this a lot. And we used to work with small businesses when we first started with, like, personal injury. And they would have these sidebars of – you know, all their different case types. And it's like, look, when someone's in a car accident, uh, they don't they don't care about nursing home abuse, right? Like that's, yeah. that, that's not relevant to them. So yeah. you shouldn't be linking to that. Um, that does kind of, you know, uh, not only does it maybe dilute things from an authority perspective of what Google's trying to figure out, how are these things related, but more importantly, from a user's perspective, it's just distracting, right? Sure. So, and as, as a general rule, if you really just think about your users and like what would be a good experience for them, Everything else just kind of falls into place. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. what we've seen over and over again. So,
0: yeah. Um, what's the best way to measure the results of this and to figure out whether our topics are tight enough, whether we can add a bit more to the topic? How do, how do we measure measure results of this?
1: So, the way we do it is we'll kind of we'll establish a baseline um, where we will model out uh, the total addressable market from a keyword research standpoint, um, set forecasts on it, try to pull in things like okay, like what's your um, You know, if they're e-commerce business, what's your average order value? If they're uh, kind of a service-based lead gen gen business, it's you know what's your conversion rate on lead forms, or if they're a SaaS company, what's your you know free trial sign up, something like that. Hmm. So you establish baselines, and then over time, we will um, once we have the clusters defined, we'll just update them again because we pull in the rankings and the URLs of where they're for the various keywords within a cluster, and so we just look for that evolution to see okay. Um, if there were issues where things were competing against one another, have have we seen that you know get better? Um, and then looking at your actual hard traffic statistics and analytics to see, you know, is that being reflected? Over there as well, um, both analytics and Search Console are um, are two good ways to do that. Just blending those data sources together. Yeah,
0: it's fascinating. I could talk for ages on this because I do find it because it's it's a it's an area which I don't know a, a, an awful lot about when you go into like looking at content strategy at the at the next level, if you know what I mean. And um, it's fascinating right. stuff. Um, Skylar, where can we find you? Where's your website and your social media bits?
1: Uh, you can find uh, you can find us at ardentgrowth.com, or you can look. Uh, uh, Twitter handles being Skyler uh, B-E-I-N-G-S-K-Y-L-E-R um, and you can search for Skyler Reeves on LinkedIn to find me there um, we write a lot about uh, the various approaches to topic clustering and things like that um, on our blog
0: if you're curious and want to check that out Fantastic, I'll, I'll leave some links in the show notes so that folks can just tap on it, brilliant Scarlett. thanks ever sure. so much for your time, really appreciate it Thanks much John Thanks again to Skylar for his time. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google. It's everywhere. Just search your favourite podcast player for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.